One night I couldn't sleep, so I opened my Bible and I read uh, the first chapter of uh, the epistle of our teacher, St. Paul, to his disciple Timothy. Um, can anyone read for us uh, chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, and 8, 9, 10? Second Timothy chapter one verse one and two and eight nine ten. I read it off St. Paul. St. Paul was not there with us miss a lot. And I was thinking about the idea that God has called us with a holy calling. And I kept on thinking for like two months, what is that holy calling? Okay? And I met Uncle uh, Philip Peter, or as you call him, Uncle Phoebe. And I think God called us with three callings. Forgive me, uh, English is not my first language, so forgive my English. I think each each person on earth, especially the Christians, has have three callings. God called us to a call towards himself, and a call towards the church, and a call towards the whole world. If we started the story from the beginning, um, and according to the church fathers and the, the story in Genesis, we all know that God is love. The Father loved the Son, and the Son loved the Father back through the Holy Spirit. But this love is an endless, is a, sta is an sta is a stable love. And this love was searching for someone to, to love, searching for someone to share in his divine glory. And that's why he created Adam and Eve. And we all know the story when they sinned and they lost their image and likeness, and Christ came to restore that image. I think we all know this story, especially for the fathers. Uh, one of the monks in one of the monasteries said, like, the son came to take us in him, to be in him, and that's why we can have a share 
in the life of the Trinity. That's why we should not record. And through this chair, in the life of the Trinity, all the goodness, all the glory of God can be ours. Not, not ours as we have it, or as it's our nature, but be ours through, through gifts, through the gift of Christ. Of course, Christ has that as, because that's his nature, and he is one uh, with the Father. The first calling is to be partaker in the divine, uh, in the divine life, and this is what St. Peter said uh, in his second epistle, uh, chapter 1, verse 4, uh, when he said that we are called to be partaker in the divine life, uh, in the divine life, yes. Um, in Romans 8, verse 12 to verse 18, St. Paul is speaking about how did we receive in Christ the spirit of adoption, and through this spirit, the seal of the Holy Spirit, we can call and we can cry, Abba, Father. And as Saint Athanasius said, God became son of man, so man can be, uh, can be called uh, the son of God. Quickly, if we are son, then we are heirs, right? Can you read the Romans 8, 12 to 18, Yabola? Romans 8 is one of the most powerful chapters in the New Testament and one of the most powerful things that was written by St. Paul. And he speaks about what the Holy Spirit can do in our life. If we have the Holy Spirit, then we have the spirit of adoption that we can call, we can, we can go bold, boldly towards the throne of God and we can cry, Abba, Father. Uh, it's not just my father, it's my Baba, it's my dad. Uh, I met a monk he, who was like a monk Nine, since 1950 and he's still alive and I told him I had this and this and this in my life what do I do he told me simply he, he lives in a cave he told me simply what do we pray and say I said uh, we pray our father he said yes this is what I want you to do in, in the whole, whole all your life he is your father he is your Baba and you are his beloved child and you are the one that he created the whole world for you you are the one that was in his mind uh, that let, let, let him leave his glory and come and the story of the incarnation, the story of, of crucifixion, the resurrection of our Lord, sending the apostles, the establishing, the establishing of the church, everything was made for you because he is your Baba. So always deal with God as he is your dad. And this is the first call that, that God called us to. If we are sons then we are heirs 
all what is for the Father is the Son, and what is for the Son is ours through the Holy Spirit. So in Christ, we inherited the Father. Okay, and I, I think this was like a song the church father was always singing. Um, I, I'm gonna read for you uh, a verse, uh, like a passage was written by an Eastern monk about being, uh, about being like God, or we can read that after this one. In John first chapter three, he said, behold, what manner of love, uh, of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called sons of God. Therefore, the world knows us, the world do not know us because, because I knew him beloved. Now we are the sons of God and it's, it, it, don't, it, it, it is not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. If we are sons and if we are heirs, then we are called to be like him and reach his, his likeness. When, when God created Adam, he implanted in him his image. And Adam was called to grow in that image till he reached what? The likeness of God. And Christ came to fix this. It's like a seal. Abuna John told us in the last class, Abuna is taking the class with us, that Christ came to fix this system. You know when we make Urban? Who makes Urban here? When Abuna choose the, chooses the lamb, the, the, the stamp has to be very clear. And this is the stamp that Christ came to stamp in us. It's his image and his likeness. Father Anthony Conieris said, you alone are an icon of eternal beauty. And if you look at him, you will become what he is, imitating him who shines within you, whose glory is reflected in your purity. He dwells within you. He pervades your entire being. And because we have Uncle P, Who Am I? This is the name of the book by Antony Cunieris, page uh, 32 and 33. Oliver Clement in his uh, book, The Roots of Christian Mysticism said, see, the Lord is our mirror. If you want to you, you know who you look like, look at the Lord. Do not look even to the saints. Look at the Lord. Look at Jesus Christ and see. See, the Lord is your own mirror. Open your eyes. Look into it. Learn what your faces are like. In one of the prayers that the priest says in the liturgy of San Cyril, he says, purify our inner man to be pure as the purity of your beloved son. I was so amazed. I was like, wow. It's not like to be pure as Virgin Mary or to be pure as the saints. No, no, no. The church is bold. The church is like, uh, like more and more from Christ. I want to say it in Arabic, church is like tamaa. We want to be pure, not as the saints, but to be pure as, as the purity or as, as your son. What is the word that can summarize this? Son, image, likeness, heirs of Christ. Yeah. yeah, the incarnation. And what is the gift of the incarnation? Theosis. Saint P Peter chapter two, Second uh, Peter one four. I will read a verse from Saint Cyril. That was the last class if you did the readings. Therefore, his only begotten word has become a partaker of the flesh and blood that is he become that, that he has become man 
Though being life by nature and begotten of the life that is by nature, that is of God the Father, so that having united himself, okay, with the flesh, which perishes according to the law of its, of its own nature, he might restore it, talking about humanity, talking about, uh, about me and you, he might restore it to his own life and render it through himself a partaker of God the Father, and he wears our nature, refashioning it to his own life. Wow, what the great words. And he himself is also in us, for we have all become partakers of him, and have him in ourselves through the Spirit. For this reason, we have become partaker of the divine nature. Uh, one of the most important verses that St. Cyril used is Second Peter 1.4. This is by Daniel Keating, the gift of the divine life. And this is page 104. Important to know this, put it in your mind. If you are a partaker in the divine life, we have to know important works that Christ came to, to do. First one is his salvific work in our life, uh, in our lives. And the second one is, is his sacramental gifts. Before reading Abuna Matt al-Maskeen, I'm talking about myself. I, I, I used to come to the church to celebrate his birth, his resurrection, his ascension to the heaven. And I was so sad when the Feast of the Ascension comes. I was like, why? Just stay with them. Why you're leaving? And then I used to see like him. That's that, that's his that's his feasts. Like he is fasting now. He himself or we're, we're commemorating his fasting. And then we're gonna come to the church, be sad on Friday because he's gonna be crucified. And then we're gonna come like 48 hours later with the new clothings, happy because it's his resurrection. And when I started to read the Bunamatta, I started. He started to introduce a new idea. It was new for me because we didn't get the chance to, to read the, the works of the fathers because it was not it never translated in Arabic before him. And then he started to tell me that humanity was in Christ. So his birth was the birth of the new humanity in Bethlehem. And this is what he said in his book about the, 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 the feasts of the Lord. And then his crucifixion is his crucifixion and his resurrection is my a new resurrection and even his ascension if you read Ephesus uh, chapter 2 I don't know the verse in English so when Christ came and he was incarnate he incarnate for me and you and he was holding the human nature your nature and as if he's climbing a stairs and each step Christ is taking is taking for me, not for himself. He doesn't need to fast, I need to fast. He didn't need to fulfill the law. I was in need to fulfill the law. He didn't need the Holy Spirit, according to St. Cyril, the class that Abu Najan teaches, just to make everything clear, that Christ accepted the Holy Spirit because we were in him. He accepted it for me and for you. And when he, when he was crucified, our nature, the old nature was crucified. And when he resurrected from the dead, was and he revealed his, his new nature, I was in him, so I accepted that. And when he ascended, he took the whole church, his body, because the church is his body, and Christ has only one body, okay? And me and you are his body. So he took the whole church and put it on the right of the Father. So he didn't leave them. He took us to the bottom of the Father. 
This is the first one to put in mind. To, to, to receive the gifts of Christ, I have to put this in mind. The second one is his sacramental gift. So Christ, to, to, to transfer all that work to me and you, he established the church. Okay? There, there are three important things in, in, in the life of the Christian person we have to put in mind every time when we think about this new life. Our baptism, our charismation, and every time we come here to the church to receive communion. Okay? And I have a good story about communion from the Jewish tradition. Let's, let's go to San Cyril again. How might our bodies be members of Christ? He's explaining. We have him in ourselves sensibly and spiritually. Okay? For on, the, for on the hand, he dwells in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And on the other one, we are partaker also of his, of his flesh. We are sanctified in twofold way. And he dwells in us as life and life-giving in order that death which had visited our members might be destroyed through him. Saint Cyril in the said, we have two types of unity with Christ. The spiritual one through accepting the Holy Spirit in baptism and then the somatical one from soma, the physical one or the bodily one through partaking in, in, in the Eucharist. And he uses the same Greek word. I don't know if you know Greek. I don't know. So I don't know what's the word. It's just some letters. He speak about baptism and said, But those who by faith in Christ mount up to, to sonship with God are baptized not into one of the things made, but into the Holy Trinity itself. Through the word as a mediator, conjoining to himself things human, through the flesh united to him and being con conjoined by nature to the one who begot him and that he is by nature God. For so the slave mounted up to sonship, we the slaves mounted up to sonship through participation, since he is emphasizing on this participation in Christ's life, with the true son called and it, as it were raised up to the dignity which is the Son by nature. Therefore, we who received regeneration by the Spirit through faith are called and are begotten of God. So Christ was standing between humanity and the Father and joining them together. And through our participation in Christ, then we can participate in the life or in the divine life or we can receive the gifts of the Father. I have a very quick story, one of the old traditions, and the disciples were very smart. When Christ was offering for them uh, the wine in the Last Supper, they understand a very romantic meaning that Christ were making. One of the old traditions in the Jewish tradition, when someone is interested in a girl, what does he do? He simply takes a cup of wine and he goes to her, okay? And he offers, the, uh, offers her this cup of wine. And if she accepted this, this, this wine, then it means it became his. Okay? And this brings what to his heart? Brings joy. And this wine looks like blood. So as if he's telling her, I'm giving you my life. Okay? And 
they go back, each one go, goes back to his, to, to his own house, to his parents' house, and he prepares the house where they're going to live together, and then he does not drink the wine until the day of the marriage. This is what Jesus did exactly in the Last Supper. Christ, if we can say that, was proposing to human nature. It was like, can I go in, a, in, 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 a, in, a, in an eternal marriage with you? And our acceptance is bringing joy to his heart. So every time you come to the church and take and communion, you, you bring joy to God's heart. It's not, it's not, it's not an individual practice. I'm not here for myself only. I'm here for myself, for the church, and for God himself. Not because God needs me or God can, no, but because God loves me, okay? So this is about you, Chris. I was so amazed when I, when, when I read this story. I was sit by a rabbi. Anyway, thank God. Participation in the life-giving flesh of Christ. Saint Cyril saying, through his holy flesh, he is introduced life into us. So through that flesh, the, the life-giving flesh, he's introducing a life. What, what life? Eternal and divine life. Again, if you feel, let's, let's do this one first. For since the life-giving word of God was living in the flesh, he transformed it to his own proper good. Okay? That is to life. And according to the manner of the inexpressible union, suitably rendered it wholly life-giving as he himself by nature. For this reason, the body of Christ gives life to those who partake of it. For it expels death whenever it comes to be in, tho to be in those who are dying and expels corruption, bearing in itself perfectly the word who abolished corruption. So the word, the word of God, Christ himself, who abolished corruption and death, when we receive him on the altar, when we come to the church, Abu Namatta, he, he called it the line of love. Saffil Mahabba. When we, he, he was talking to the monks, when we go around the altar to receive, to receive the, 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 the wine of love that poured from the bosom of the Father, or from heaven itself. St. Cyril says, he who, receives he who receives communion is made holy and div divinized in the soul and body in the same way that water sits over a fire, becomes boiling. Look, in the same way we boil a water because we put it on the fire. This is what happens in communion. Communion works like a yeast that had been mixed into the dough so that it, li it leavens the whole thing just as by melting, it's like melting two waxes together, two candles together, you get one piece of wax. This is sense here and not me. So I think one who receives the flesh, he, he also says I think, one who receives the flesh and blood of Jesus Christ is receiving him by communion and the soul finds that he is in Christ and Christ is in him. It's very, very simple. You're melting two candles together and you get one piece of wax. When the life-giving word dwelt in human flesh, he changed it, to, we said that. So simply, to, re to review the, the, the first one quickly, God called us to, to be partaker in his, divine in his divine life by being sons, heirs, and by being our, his image and likeness, 
and he gave us this through his salvific work, his birth, his, uh, his, uh, his baptism, his crucifixion, and his resurrection and his ascension. Those five, the whole life of Christ is important, but those five major things is important because they are related to us. And then he sent us all that through the church in his sacramental gifts, baptism, charismation when we receive the Holy Spirit and then during communion the second call that called us for this is the first call the second one is to be members in the house of uh, or to be members of the household household of God now in Ephesians uh, 219 now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God they say that St. Paul didn't have reason to write Ephesians. Like, he, he, he's just praising God. He, he is happy. He's happy with the gifts that he received in Christ, so he just wrote it. Who are the saints? The church. The church members. This is Saint, what St. What, what Paul said. I was with Peter... I'm gonna mention, I, I mention his name a lot because he's my friend. So I told him, Father Alexander Schmemann wrote a great thing about uh, the church as a mystery of assembly in his book, the, For the Life of the Lord. And he looked at me and he's like, no, I read that book, it's not there, which one? <laughs> so he didn't give me a chance even to do mistake. It was not in, in that book. I studied, we studied that book with Abuna Daniel. In his book, um, the, the Eucharist, Father Alexander Schmemann said that communion is not an individual practice, as we just said, because when I come to the church, I come as a member, okay? And then I partake, me and my brother, and all the members of the church in the same body, okay? So it's not a practice, it's not an individual practice, it's the whole congregation practice. That's why all the members in the church should take communion. Like whoever is going to attend the liturgy, they should take communion. When we leave the church, we leave it as one person. I will borrow something from Abuna John. He said about, about coming to the church and the joy happens when we come to the church. He said, it's a good to come out of fear. Okay? But it's not, go it's not good to leave with fear. When we come to the church, maybe someone come because he has a fear of God or whatever fears he has in his life, but it's not good to, 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 to leave with the same fears. We come to the church to practice this evangelic and this brotherly love as the Tasbih al-Baqir, the morning doxology says. And that's why the, some, some of the Eastern churches, they insist, I'm not saying this is right or wrong, they insist to have one liturgy per day, like if we have a Sunday liturgy, it's one liturgy, one sacrifice, because, because it's one body and one chalice, and we are members of the same body. So we come here to the church as individuals, but we cannot leave as individual because we, became, we, we become in the church like, um, like, like members of the same body. When you come to the church, you're, you should come with some mentality. Um, uh, who am I going to meet in the church? I'm going to meet uh, 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 people, and those people are the sons of God, partakers in his divine nature. I'm going to meet 
people who are called to reach his image and likeness. So when I come to the church, I'm happy because I'm going to see Christ himself in my brethren. I'm going to come to enjoy my being with the members of the church. So this is, should be always in my mind. If I was called towards God, like God called me to have a relationship with him, I should translate this relationship on my relationship with, with my brethren. One of the monks was under warfare. Like, he, he has a, a very strong warfare, especially those of lusts. So he went to an abbot, and he told him, what do I do? I, I, I'm fasting, I, I, I pray a lot, and I read a lot, and I don't know what to do. He's like, do you know Abuna so-and-so? He's like, yes, he's sick. And he said, yeah, I know. Go and serve him. So the monk told, told like, I went out and I was like, I'm not convinced. I'm talking to him about uh, spiritual warfare, and now he's telling me, go and serve this, this monk. What is the relationship between, between the warfare or the spiritual growth and, and serving my, my brother? So he said, I, I'll just do whatever he said. And then he started to serve that monk, and then he started to feel like he's more happy, he is in joy. And then he went back and told him, I, I, like I did what you told me, and I feel like I'm like 100% difference. What happened? He's like, look, my, my son, our spiritual prayers or our spiritual life, if we didn't practice it into a practical love, if we didn't translate this love, if we didn't translate this new life, if we didn't show this new life in a practical way, it will be like a treasure, but it's like, it, it's in like, it's like in a cabinet, or it's locked. I have lots of money, but they are locked. I want to invest what you're doing. What you're doing in your cell should be invested outside with your brothers. Especially when we look to our brothers, when we look to them as, as, as a people who, that God loves, more than he loved himself even. So, any day, like you're sad, and try this, I try this, go help someone, smile in the face of anyone. By the way, everybody here should be serving in the church and outside. And if someone's, I, I do not serve in the church because I serve outside, no, serve in the church and outside. The, the, the call of the Christian to be a servant. Anyone have an evidence from the liturgy? Yeah, yeah, say it. May your servants of this day, as Abuna says, who are the servants? Abuna, the bishop, the pope himself, everyone, and the whole people. So the call of the Christian person is to serve. If, you do, if you're not serving, then you have to serve. You're missing part of your calling, okay? And do not say, I just like serve outside because the people need. No, the church needs to. So go to Abuna James, I, I need to serve. I was like, we have anything, I will clean the dishes. I will I'll go bring two kids on Sunday school. I'll do whatever, but I should serve. Because this is the second one. If the base of our calling is to be partaker in, in God's life, or to be his sons, or to be his heirs, one of the sides of this triangle is to love my brethren in the church, is to be a member in, in, in the house of God. The other thing is enjoy your, 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 your company with the saints. Build a relationship with one of the saints you, you like and 
grow in this relationship and talk to him. A good thing. One of the monks was named Maximus. So I, he was telling me, we do not choose the saints, but the saints chooses us. I was like, wow, that's, that's a good one. You know, in our Coptic rite, there is no individual prayer. Do you know that? When Abuna prays, at the very beginning, when Abuna prays, he does not say, he does not say let me thank the beneficent. What does he say? He does, let us. And he does not say, make me worthy. What does he say? Make us worthy. Uh, because Abuna, as, as the father says, he is the mouth of the church. So the church is one, and we are praying as one person, and our mouth is Abuna, and we have a conversation. Abuna and the deacon who are serving, and then the whole people. It's not the ma'alim yet. Quickly, the, the liturgy is a mystery of assembly. Christ came to gather into one the children of God who were scattered abroad. And from the very beginning, the Eucharist was manifestation and realization. This is Shmemen. Okay? Manifestation and realization of the unity of the new people of God gathered by Christ and in Christ. And this, this dinner, like this, this banquet of God, that way, uh, is a small image of, what, of, of heaven. Okay? Receive communion to have unity with God and also to have unity between each other. The assembly of the church is the seen image of heaven and how it will look like. And the unity between the believers is the fulfilling, look, is fulfilling the goal of the creation. As God created humanity to live in unity. Okay? That's why we say, make us worthy. Uh, or it's not make me, it's make us. The last one, and I'm done, forgive me, I, I, I spoke a lot. If I have a relationship or a call between me and God and between me and the members of the church, I have a call towards the whole world. Do you know if, let's say, a businessman, and he, 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 he has his own business, okay, and he has great companies, and he has a son, so he wants his son to do what? To continue his business. What is the, what was the work of Christ? Second Corinthians five twenty. We're gonna see what what is the work of the Son? What's his main job? His job description. The lie. Five twenty. Now. now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Simply Christ came to reconcile us to the Father. And then he gave this job to who? To us. So my job in the world is go and to reconcile people to God. Is go and bring people to God. One, one of the saints said, all the 
weakness of humanity that I was judging, I start to bear on my shoulder and pray for it. Do you know that if the world is not repenting, I should repent for them? Can Peter go into his room when he comes back and he tell the sin of this person is my sin. It's my sin. For, for, for if you, if you want to count sin upon him, just count it on me. I'm repenting on behalf of him. Can we go to our rooms and intercede for the salvation of the world by our prayers? You know, I wouldn't... Well, anyway. They said about monks, the monk, the monk's life is a repetition of Christ's salvific world. And the monk, at the, at the very beginning, when he chooses to be a monk, he is like, why do you want to be a monk? Because I want to save myself. And the Holy Spirit hides it from his eyes. Because he thinks that he's going outside the world, he's going to leave the world for himself, but he does not do that. If he is faithful in his calling, the Holy Spirit is going to push him to pray for the whole world. And we know many stories about monks who spent hours praying for this and hours praying for this. One told me, I. I pray. I I I stayed for like four years. I'm praying for the people who have cancer, and I didn't know why. I was like praying for them, like five hours a day. And one of the cute ones who really carries the whole creation has like he lives in a cave. Was like when I look at my ki my, my watch and it's like 2 p.m. I was like, oh, the kids are going out of school now, so I have to pray for them. I have to pray for their safety. I have to pray for the for the people who are working like on the high, high high stuff or like someone is climbing the ladder make sure that there is no stairs broken so he does not fall so look how how does he feel the world how does he feel the needs of the world we live in a terrible age i think so our era is like crazy everything is going f so fast we're consuming a lot of caffeine painkillers anti-depression because it's a very depressed world we're seeking happiness if let walk in any of the malls. I'm, I'm not judging this, by the way. I'm not judging anything. This is good and this is very beneficial. And I'm using it. I'm not, I do not say anything. But everything around us is to make us happy. If you go outside and see a fancy car, they do it that way so you can see it and you feel happy. They do this taste of ice cream so you can eat it and you feel happy. So the world is seeking happiness, but we have the source of happiness. And I like it when Abuna Krilla said, there is a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness comes from happening, what's happening. But joy comes from inside. One of the monks needed, uh, and we have here doctors who can help, he needed a blood test. So the, 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 the other monk went to him and he took like blood. And he found like he has a very high level of, uh, of dopamine. I think this one, if you are on drugs, it's going to be so high. But he's not on drugs, he's just happy. So it's like a natural thing. So if we have, the, if we have Christ himself, if we have the source of happiness, then our job is, is to, bring, to bring this joy um, to the world. Sorry, I took long. I will, I will just say one more thing. We cannot prove to the world that Christ is God by any other mean 
unless we prove that to them through the newness of life that we received in Christ. Like I cannot tell them that Christ is God and here, here are the approvals, number one, number two, number three, number four, no. It's, we, we do not have those approvals. But we can approve to them that Christ is God when, when they see in us the newness of life. Okay? You have to stop recording now. <laughs> I want to say, I wanna say uh, a personal story happened with me in Egypt. One of the monks in one of the monasteries, uh, this monk, one of, his one of his jobs was teaching the novices, the new people who comes to the monastery. And he was the only one who allowed to do this job based on the direction of the Abba. So I wanted, I wanted to ask him a question, but I know he does not talk to anyone. So one day I was walking and I asked the bishop of that monastery about the, the homilies, the uh, bula of St. Macarius, because they say it's pseudo-Macarius, it's not attributed to him, it's not his. So he's like, no, I think it's his because it has the spirit of the Egyptians. Anyway, go ask Abuna so-and-so. I was like, huh, he does not talk to anyone. He's like, tell him, I told you. So I waited beside his ship-ship after Vespers. <laughs> so I'm sure he, uh, I'm not gonna miss him. So I ran out of Vespers when we're done with Gharub at five. So I waited beside his ship-ship and he literally just wore, he's wearing Garbiya and he's old, his, his back is bending. And so I was like, I wanna, can I ask a question? I was like, who are you? <laughs> so I said, I'm so and so, I just wanna ask about, I, I do not wanna ask about St. Macarius, of course. I know if it's his sermons or if it's not, whatever. I, I, they say this and this and this. He's like, uh, I think it's, it, it's, if it's not his, but still it has the spirit of the Egyptian desert fathers, and you can benefit from this in that way. And then, okay, can I ask a question? I was like, of course you can ask. I told him, uh, now we live in the States, we do not have those experienced monks like you have here. He was like, uh, do you have a Bible? I said, yes, of course I have a Bible. He was like, do you know the story of Adam and Eve? Do you know the, sto the story of Joshua, Moses? He's like, oh, yeah, of course I know him. Ali, do you know who are they? Tulu, no, I don't. Ali, they are you. Every single person in the, in the Bible is you. All humanity is one person. If you wanna review your experience, you have experiences with God, by the way. And if you wanna know your experiences with God, go back to, to the gospel and read. Go back and see yourself have faith like Joshua and afraid like Gideon. Go back and see yourself as Moses and go back and see yourself fallen as Adam and Eve. And then I continued my talk with him. I, I talked with him for nine minutes, 35 seconds, because I recorded them secret. <laughs> and that night I couldn't sleep. Uh, every time I sleep, only 20 minutes and I woke up, I'm so happy, I can't sleep, my heart beats are like dig, dig. And that day I went to Tasbiha at 3 a.m. I was like, what are they? And I said to myself, and those are my words, if I'm gonna be judged, then it's mine. I said to myself, if God appeared to me and told me I do not exist, I'll take him from his hand, okay, come with me. I will prove that you are exist because we have this person. And this is the first time to see what does it mean, what St. Paul said, the newness of life. 
now I have I have an image in my mind about San, how St. Anthony, how he does look like, or St. Macarius the Great, because he's meek, he's one of his sons, Yanni, but of course he inherited him. Uh, now I have, I, have, I have an image about how St. Macarius the Great looks like. And this is our challenge to the world. We should not be good people, because everyone around us is good. No one is bad, okay? Even if we, those people who do bad things, it's because they are separated themselves from God. So they are not bad. But our call is not to be good people. Our call is to be divine people or, or di di divinely people. Our, our call is, is to be new, Christ, new Christ. I remember one day when we were asking servants, prep kids, they were like 14, 15 years. What do they want to do? I was like, I want to bring school kids to school. I want to do this. I want to do this. And then one girl, she was 13. She said, I want to make them Christ. And I was so amazed. So your call is to be like Christ or to be new Christ, is to do his job, as, 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 as St. Paul said, and go and do his salvific work. Forgive me for... I felt a lot, and pray for me. Thank you. I don't know how to turn this off. Uh, I sincerely like to thank 